the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Okay, it's 10.06. <laughs> Back a little faster than I expected. I was waiting to hear the... Uh, uh, the inspirational words of President Reagan there, but uh, we had to adjust things at the beginning of the first hour of the program because uh, President Trump is coming on, and uh, he had to come on a little bit early. So it uh, looks like we're starting hour number two that way as well. Seven minutes after the hour now, it is the 24th morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. I do want to take care of one piece of business before we go to our guest, Dr. Everett Piper. Because I started the show so quickly with President Reagan, I neglected to begin the broadcast with our Pledge of Allegiance. So, Patriot and I know this is very important to a lot of people. Whenever I give speeches at various locations, people invariably come up and tell me how much it means to them that we start with the pledge. So, patriots, if you have a flag, please face it. If you don't, at least put your hand over your heart. Leftists, go ahead and take your knee. We know how you feel. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You know, I had a friend, uh, my friend from CFFS, uh, uh, Sarah, uh, say to me yesterday, last night, when she found out I was going to be interviewing the president, you should ask the president to do the pledge with us. And I thought about it, but I originally, I was only supposed to have him for about six minutes and I just didn't want to take the time. I had to ask him so many questions. Ended up staying on with me for 18 minutes. I would have been able to ask him to say the pledge with us, but it just didn't work out that way. All right, let's um, welcome our uh, friend, Dr. Everett Piper, to the program for his weekly commentary. Dr. Piper is a best-selling author. He's a past university president. He is a radio podcast host in Oklahoma, and uh, he is a weekly columnist for the Washington Times. Dr. Piper, it's good to have you back. How are you? you for uh, landing the president uh, as a guest this morning. That's outstanding. Yeah, it helps that he's coming to uh, my county, the one I live in, on Saturday for his first post-presidential rally. Um, he's uh, going to be in uh, Lorraine County on uh, Saturday evening for a huge event. It's the first of a bunch of Save America rallies that he's going to be holding. So he's coming to town. and made it a little bit easier, but yeah, it was really a as uh, my, my guest after him said, it was just great to hear his voice again. After listening to President Biden mumble and stumble through, you know, uh, a press conference or, or speech after speech, it was nice to hear President Trump's voice again, that's for sure. Yeah, a little coherency is always a, a <laughs> welcome these days, huh? No question about that. All right, Dr. Piper, let's, uh, let's dive in now. There's a couple of things, and I, I saw this story actually... As you know, back on Tuesday, and I sent it to you because I thought it would make for great conversation uh, for our regular segments here. And uh, 
David Archuleta, for those who don't know, he's a singer, he's a songwriter. He, I think he was an American Idol. I think he was one of the American Idols. I, I can't swear to that, but I think that's the case. And he's um, you know, very well known and very well liked in the music community. Well, he decided to come out and speak out on matters of sexual orientation and said, and, and this is where it's kind of right in your wheelhouse, Dr. Piper, because you and I often talk about matters of sexual orientation, the LGBTQ agenda, and God, the church, and uh, you know whether these two things can, uh, can both coexist, essentially. And that's what David Archuleta spoke of. In the uh, article, or in the interview that he did, he said to Christians, yes, you can be LGBTQ, XYZ, etc., etc., and still believe in God and his gospel plan. And he said he cited his own experience in his uh, statement in which he talked about coming out as gay in 2014, then deciding later, not really, I think I like both genders, and then later I don't really have much of a desire for any of the genders, so I'm just going to be me, I'm going to be asexual, or whatever. And he said, I can be all of those things, as can everyone else, and still be a Christian, still be a believer in God's gospel plan. Dr. Piper, you read it. What are your thoughts on it? Well, he's a nice man. Um, there's a reason he's popular. He, he's got a very sweet personality. He seems to be a very pleasant young man. Agreed. And um, he apparently is a moral young man, too, because I think somewhere in that article he actually speaks to the issue of being celibate until he's married. Yes, he does. Okay, so th- this is a confusing story in every way. And I think what I take out of the story, Bob, is uh, this, this young man... Nor he does not have the right, nor do you have the right, nor do I have the right to define things that are already objectively defined. For example, he doesn't have the right to define Christianity. That's already been done, thank you. It's been, it's been done by Jesus Christ, it's been done by his apostles, and it's been maintained by the Church and the Church's traditions, and the anchor point to all of it is the Bible. All of those things define Christianity. Not him, not you, not me. Uh, second point, he doesn't get to, get to define Jesus. Um, in other words, who is Jesus in your mind? Is Jesus the second person of the Trinity? Do you believe in the triune God, or is Jesus the brother of Satan? And is he just one of three gods? Are you a polytheist? Or are you a monotheist? What are you? He doesn't get to define Christianity when it comes to those terms. Jesus is well-defined in the Bible and by the Church. And the next thing he doesn't get to define is the human being. He doesn't get to decide that he can define his humanity by virtue of his sexuality. I've said it a thousand times on your show. The hedonist, the pagan, Gore Vidal, had this one right when he said there's no more such thing as a homosexual person than there is a heterosexual person. These are behavioral adjectives. Even Gore Vidal got it. He understood that this is a behavioral choice, that is, this is not your personal identity. So he has so many things wrong in this. And I'm going to mention this, and then I'll take a breath. The issue of syncretism is so alive and well in our culture today. And syncretism is basically this claim. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you. There are many paths up the mountain, but they all lead to the same summit. They all lead to the same God. 
so we can all just get together at the end of times and have a great big kumbaya hug at the top of that summit with the God that's waiting for us. Pick your path, any path, and it'll work out well. Well, that's baloney. That's nonsense. Jesus Christ himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. That is a very exclusive claim by Christ himself, and this young man does not have the right to ignore that or to redefine it. Um, I want to read um, a quick quote uh, from from this uh, of his, because he basically is asking for, admitting he doesn't understand it all and asking for some understanding, and see if you can uh, kind of speak to that. He said, um, people call it asexual when they don't experience sexual urges. So he's speaking specifically to libido, which you have talked about many times in this in this area. He said there are experience. They are. I think he means to say they are. Exp- uh, peop- there. No, he doesn't. He says there are people experiencing the same feelings of being LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he said, I know there are a lot of letters there that a lot of people don't understand, but there are a lot of unique experiences people feel and live that make them feel isolated and alone that are represented. And they're wrestling to follow their beliefs that are so important to them, just as I have. I don't know what to make of it, and I don't have all the answers. I just invite you to please consider making room to be more understanding and compassionate to those who are LGBTQIA+, and those who are part of that community and trying to find that balance with their faith, which is also a huge, a huge part of their identity like myself. So, you know, I, I give him credit for saying, first of all, he is talking about sexual urges, which is libido. I give him credit for saying, I don't know, don't have all the answers. I am what I am, whatever I, t- I understand that to be, and I do have faith, and I do believe in, in Jesus Christ and the church. He said, but please give us a little bit of room here while we try to figure it all out. Is that fair? Yeah, it's fair. That's what he's saying, but he's very confused. Number one, too much information on your sexuality. I, I, I don't really care. Um, I don't want to sound insensitive, but uh, people need to learn to... <laughs> we just don't need to hear about it all the time. If you want us to stay out of your bedroom, then shut the door. Stop opening it up and asking all of us to celebrate. I just feel that way about all of this talk about sexuality all the time. I felt the, I felt the same way. I felt the same way a couple of weeks ago when Demi Lovato announced that she's uh, what she say she was pansexual or something like that. Now, she, and I was like, why? Nobody asked. Why are you making this announcement? Because you're a celebrity. But at least in his case, Archuleta is trying to you know kind of kind of merge that with his with his faith and trying to figure out where that all fits together. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So back to the, the, all of the confusion. First of all. Um, the Mormon faith has a different definition of Jesus than Orthodox Christianity. That's just a fact, and you may have Mormons listening right now, but if they're faithful Mormons and informed Mormons, they have to agree with what I just said. So, who is Jesus? Second, the Gospel. What is the Gospel? Again, his religious tradition defines the Gospel differently than yours, Bob, and mine. Okay? So we can't act like we're talking about the same thing. The implied syncretism here is, frankly, a lie. That is not the truth. So we've got to define our terms before we can start answering these questions about who is God, what is a Christian, how do you, uh, how do you deal with your sinful inclinations and behavioral choices within that particular um, religion, 
And if that religion is Orthodox Christianity, there are clear answers in the Bible on how to deal with that. First of all, we know who Jesus is. He is God. We know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him. We know that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, again, from the Bible. And we know that we are not defined, ever to be defined by our libido. We must be defined by our Lord, because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the old has died, behold, the new has come. We are crucified with Christ. We kill our old sinful nature. We don't celebrate it and hyphenate our Christianity by it. Dr. Everett Piper explaining it as only he can. That's why we have him on. People sometimes wonder how we choose the guests that we do. There's a lot of stuff that I find very confusing and very difficult to articulate and uh, and to express. Dr. Piper does it expertly, particularly in this realm. Dr. Piper, good stuff. We'll take this as our time out. Then we're going to follow up. You just said that Dr. Or excuse me, that uh, David Archuleta. <clears throat> doesn't get to define what it means to be human. You wrote an entire article about what that means, featuring Justice Anthony Kennedy? That's true. We're going to let Dr. Piper explain that point next on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, it's 1023, so we've got a good six and a half minutes here with Dr. Everett Piper to talk about his latest column in the Washington Times that I find very, very interesting. It's headlined, Defining the Human Being, Justice Kennedy Released the Kraken. And Dr. Piper, I'm going to read a short portion of this, actually just uh, three sentences, uh, near the end of your column as a way of introduction. The biggest deception of our time is the lie that slithered forth from Justice Kennedy's Pandorian box in 1992. The idea that we can decide who we are, that we have the right to determine what it means to be human, and that we can define ourselves by our libido rather than our Lord, is the fantastica fornication of the 21st century. Now, I'm going to let you take it from there and talk about what all of that means, particularly as it pertains to the fantastica fornication. Well, that's actually from uh, St. Augustine, mm-hmm. and uh, actually the Washington Times added, <laughs> they edited that in an incorrect way. It's actually Fantastica Fornicatio uh, in Latin, and that is fantastic fornication in English. What's and funny what is they, they did it right, they did it right the first time when you attributed it to St. Augustine, but then uh, when they summarized it at the end, they, they changed it from uh, fornicato to fornication. So they kind yeah. of, yeah, they kind of all over I, the place there. Yeah, their spell check did, didn't do me any good on that one. But uh, the bottom line is what St. Augustine was arguing for is the fantasy of the mind. And he basically, he was calling it the prostitution of the intellect, the prostitution of who we are as individuals. M. Scott Peck of The Road Less Traveled actually called it the diabolical human mind. Uh, there's another scholar out there right now. His name is Graham Walker. He's called it the pathology of the intellect. And the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, called it the reprobate mind. He refers to it in the, his uh, epistle to the Romans, to the Roman Church, where he said, when you start 
worshiping the created rather than the creator. When you start worshiping what you see in the mirror rather than what you see in the Bible, you are going to be given over to a debased mind, a reprobate mind. You'll start believing your own lies, and you won't be able to think your way out of a paper bag. And if that doesn't describe our culture today, I don't know what is, or what does, excuse me. And I argue in this article that Kennedy, if you want to go back to a point in time and say, why are we in this mess? Well, go back to 1992 in Casey versus Planned Parenthood, when Justice Kennedy wrote on behalf of the majority this. He said, and I'm reading it right now, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. That's all, that sounds all right and good, doesn't it? But when you stop and think about what he just said, he basically told the world that at the heart of liberty is your right to define yourself. Well, you don't have the right to define what it means to be a human being. Bob, you and I don't have the right to define a pre-born baby who's five seconds before being born as being less than human. And Nancy Pelosi doesn't have the right to define a 15-month-old, excuse me, 15-month-old, 15-week-old fetus as being less than human. And as you know, she refuses to even answer the question as to whether it is. All of the stories of our time, whether it be LGBTQ, whether it be pro-life, pro-choice, whether it be critical race theory, all of the stories that are headlines in our news go back to 1992 and us rising up to think that we are God and that we can redefine what it means to be human. We can decide that a black person has more worth than a white person like Nick Cannon has and Hannah Nicole Jones has by somehow saying that if you have pale skin, you are quote-unquote less than those who have dark skin. That's a very dangerous place to, for us to be, and it all goes back to Kennedy's lie. Dr. Piper, it's um, it, it was interesting when you talked about you know five seconds before birth, defining what is human and what is not. Um, the press secretary for Joe Biden just what three days ago, I think it was, was asked uh, if if he believed that a a baby fifteen weeks into gestation was a human being. Her response was, "If you're asking if he believes in a woman's right to choose, he does." She completely dodged the question. Is that not the, is that not the, the kind of default position of those who would defy Imago Dei, defy the notion that we are created in God's image, is to deny that there is actually human life in, in, in utero? Uh, is that just kind of why they, they can't even answer that question? It's their default position is to, to not actually identify or state or declare what, what humanity is? Oh, yeah, they, they can't respond to the question because if they respond directly, they have to forthrightly tell you, tell me, tell the world that a functioning human being is not human. That a baby that can feel pain, that can move, that can kick, has a heartbeat, is not human. They have to make that claim, and that's why she dodges the question. But yet we see in their policies and in their practice that they actually are, they're saying, that's not human. But if you're going to say, that isn't human, why can't you say something older than that isn't human? If you're going to say a 
nine-month-old fetus, just before it's born, is not human, why aren't you going to say a nine-minute-old baby after it's born is not human? The slippery slope of their arrogance leads us to this place that we're in right now, and it goes back to Kennedy saying that we all have the right to define our concept of what it means to be human, our concept of the mystery of existence, our concept of what it means to be a human being. Dr. Everett Piper laying it out for us as only he can. Terrific stuff, Dr. Piper. Thank you for the wonderfully thoughtful analysis. I appreciate it every week, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Blessings, Bob. Thank you, Dr. Piper. That's Dr. Everett Piper joining us on AM 1420. The answer, as he does each and every Thursday, we're going, we're going to uh, get the newscast now. <clears throat> on the other side of the news, send a text message or a Facebook message or whatever to anybody that you need to to let them know. If they missed my exclusive one-on-one with, Doc, with uh, Donald J. Trump this morning at 9.05, I will be replaying it on the other side of this newscast. So spread the word. Let your friends and neighbors who may be interested know. We will be replaying it in about five minutes, right here on AM 1420, The Answer. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Now, 1035. Uh, Yeah, there are two sides. Uh, This morning, live and exclusively on AM 1420, The Answer and The Authority, we heard Donald Trump's side. Uh, it was late in the evening yesterday, actually, that I uh, got final confirmation that I would be able to have the President of the United States, the former President, the 45th President, on the air. Uh, we confirmed it last night, and he joined us right on time at about 9.04 this morning. If you missed my conversation with Donald J. Trump, you're in for a treat. We're going to replay it for you right now. And it's my genuine honor to welcome the 45th President of the United States to our program, President Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And thank you for coming to... thank you, Bob. Yeah, sir, thank you for coming to my backyard on Saturday. I live in Lorain County, about 20 minutes from the rally. So if you want to stop by for a burger and a swim at my place while you're in town, you're welcome. You know that, right? Well, be careful. I may do that, but I hope you'll be there. I hear the crowd is going to be... Very, very large. It's going to, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about a lot of very important subjects. And you've been great, and I appreciate it. You've been so great for a long period of time, and I very much appreciate that, Bob. Well, it is my honor to, uh, to defend you against the scurrilous attacks that you faced for four years of trying to make this country great again. It's so incredibly important. In fact, let's, let's talk about that. This rally is being sponsored by Save America, so we're kind of calling it the Save America rally, Mr. President. And just five right. months into the Biden administration, it's really true just how badly we need saving, even after you spent four years making it great again. Well, on the border, all they had to do is nothing. If they went to the beach, they would have been fine, but they didn't do that. They uh, decided to get rid of uh, stay in Mexico and catch and release and all of the different things. It's just, you know, we had catch and release finally solved. It was a disaster where you catch somebody and you release them into our country. And I don't know if you know what's going on in terms of some of these caravans coming up and people coming up, but they're emptying out their prisons all over the place, probably long beyond even South America, Latin America. Mm -hmm. They're emptying out prisons. They're 
letting people come into the country totally unchecked. We have no idea. We had the strongest border. When I had, when I left, we had the strongest border we've ever had by a factor of five. We've never had a border so strong and fair at the same time. You know, not just, I'm not just talking about uh, bravado. We had a very, very fair, but really strong border. People could come into our country legally. And, you know, we were stopping drugs. We were stopping human trafficking because that goes along with it. Nobody ever talks about that. They talk about the people. But the drugs are pouring in there, just pouring unchecked. And the legal trafficking, usually of and the uh, human trafficking, usually of women, by the way, mostly women. It's a horrible thing. And that's going at a level that nobody's ever seen. It's yeah. a big, big and horrible business. So all of that's happening. And we had it down to a... We had it down to a science better than we've ever done. And now it's worse than it's ever been. It's ever been. It's never well, been this way. And Mr. President, it's a very I'm sad thing for our country. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you about this. Kamala Harris was put in charge of the border more than three months ago. She has never visited the border to see the problems firsthand. Now you make an announcement that you're going down next <laughs> week to visit. And suddenly she's going to be in El Paso right. on Friday. Just a coincidence, right? Well, I actually told my people, I said, well, you know, one good thing is that uh, she's going to end up having to go there. And as soon as I announced, she went out and announced that she's going there. She wouldn't have been there. Maybe she would have never gone there. And I'm not sure. You know, people, the big question is, can they really like this? Okay. Can they really like this? Can they really want all of these people coming in? Prisons emptied. You know, you're talking about murderers and rapists and, and uh, drug dealers and everything coming in. You, you Can somebody really honestly like it because i don't believe they do i think it's incompetence i don't think it's that they want these people pouring in and they cheat on the elections to a level that nobody's ever seen before so they don't need the votes because they cheat right. so it's uh, the whole thing is just absolutely crazy well they absolutely may need the votes crazy. they may need the votes because they failed you know i wanted to ask you about this uh it's so important election integrity and they tried to push through this hr1 and this s1 this yeah. uh, for the people act to federalize the voting to make sure that it would be easy to cheat and all of the states that you know were in which we had election irregularities on november 3rd and questions and quite frankly outright fraud they're shoring up their election integrity and the dems call that voter suppression mr president well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, in Michigan, right near you, uh, they have a group of people, a lot of rhinos. And I heard they were investigating the election. And I thought, oh, that's great. Isn't that great? That's great. They're going to. No, they they want to suppress people from looking at the election. And you had one area where they had thousands of votes wrong. They went to Biden. So he won this super conservative area by thousands of votes, which was a big percentage, I think 70 percent or something like that. And then it ended up. No, they made a slight mistake. All of those thousands of votes actually should have gone to Trump. I believe that was after the election. They found it and they said, oh, that was just a minor mistake. You know, these people, I'll tell you, the worst are the rhinos and you're the head of your Senate in Michigan. I think these people have to be replaced. Michigan is just a disaster. Now, let's go to the good news. Georgia is becoming incredible what they're doing, what they're finding, the level of, of what they're finding. Arizona, you know, is under a forensic audit. Yes, sir. It's incredible. Pennsylvania is starting. Wisconsin is starting. The one place, Michigan, they want to suppress. They want to, they're trying to frighten people 
in defining out the real the real thing. And, you know, when you win Ohio, I won Ohio by so much and probably won it by a lot more than people think anyway. But we won it tremendously. Uh, we won Michigan big. We won Michigan big. And they have to do a forensic audit. But your Senate, your Republican senators there, with the exception of some, but your Republican senators and the head of the Senate in Michigan, uh, people should look at them very carefully because I'm going to be. I guarantee you, if we don't get to the bottom of this, voting is what our country is all about. And having a free voting system and fair voting system. And this election was a sham. It was a rigged election. And it's a it's really a sad thing. You know, they use covid in order to rig the election. And the weak Republicans allow them to get away with it. It's a shame, actually. It but was a shame. other states are doing a great job. But take a look at, uh, take a look at, I know you have your eye on it, but take a look at Michigan, what they're doing there. Oh, you better believe it. And it was a shame, and it is devastating to our country for all the reasons we just talked about. And one of the things we have to do is, of course, win back control of the Congress. So I want to ask you about right. that. Since you're in our state, there's two incredibly important races. Can you tell me about the importance of getting Anthony Gonzalez, who was one of just 10 Republicans to vote to impeach you over the incident on January 6th at the Capitol without a shred of due process. Your thoughts on that, and then also there's a large group of Republicans looking to replace Rob Portman in the U.S. Senate. Do you plan to issue an endorsement in that race? So let's talk about uh, Gonzalez first, and then okay. we'll, we'll go to the other, because you do. And you have some very good people running for the Senate. Uh, Gonzalez was a nothing in the Senate, did nothing, wasn't respected in the, in the House, wasn't respected, uh, had no weight, had no nothing. But every time I'd fly to Ohio, I'd get a call from this guy, my people, could he get on Air Force One? You know, which is very unusual because usually you have congressmen that they don't call to fly on the plane and et cetera. And every time, and I gave him a couple of rides. I met him a few times, very little, but I'd see him. But he was always, oh, could I fly to Ohio on Air Force One? And then could I fly back? And I thought he was really obnoxious, to be honest with you. But what the heck? So we'd let him go on. And then I heard he was impeaching me. I said, well, that can't be the same guy I take back and forth to Ohio. Yeah, he's impeaching. I said, who the hell is this guy? So I did a little checking. He's a, a Zippo in Congress. He He's not a respected guy. And you have somebody running, Max Miller, who has been with me for a long time. He was really incredible in the White House. He helped with rallies, helped with everything. He's a hard worker. Uh, his family is is terrific. They live in the area, as you know, so it's not one of the it's not one of the folks that just happen to move into an area where there's a race that's uh, disputed or a race that's available, mm-hmm. a seat that's available. And, and he is really a fantastic young guy, and I think he'll make a great congressman. What about the Senate side, sir? Rob Portman announced he's not running for re-election. There is a large group, a gentleman named Mike Gibbons, who is a very successful uh, businessman in town. Obviously, you know about um, uh, J.D. Vance has been rumored to run for this. He hasn't officially decided yet. Uh, Josh Mandel, former treasurer here in Ohio, is in that race. Do you plan to issue an endorsement for anybody at any point in time? So you have a lot of good people in that race. The hardest thing for me is when you have the opposite of Gonzalez, we have a lot of good people in a race. That's right. hard. And they're all supportive of me. In fact, uh, the one they say wins is the one that's most supportive, which is always a great honor, right? They like me in Ohio, and I like Ohio. You know, I used to work in Cincinnati, Ohio, and 
It was a great experience. During the summers, we had a, a, a job up there, and it was a really a great experience. And somehow it just stuck. But uh, I'll be making a decision at some point. You know, we have a long way to go. But you do have a lot of good candidates. Uh, you have some that weren't fans of mine early on, and they became good fans of, and I, I don't even say fans of mine, it's called fans of the country. Because what we're really doing, if you think about it, is common sense. I mean, how can somebody like open borders, how can somebody like to fund the police, how can somebody like sanctuary cities where you protect criminals, and uh, having all these criminals, and in many cases, because when they empty up their jails, they want to empty their jails into the U.S. How can people be in favor of that? So a lot of it's common sense. But uh, some of the people that weren't necessarily Trump fans are very good now. And some were right from the beginning. So I'll uh, well, I'll be making a decision at the right time. I'll be doing that, Bob. You speaking, like me doing that? I love you doing that. And I love how you said that, too. It's not about fans of you. It's fans of the country, because that's what you're working that's for. It really, and it's so common true. sense, too. It's, it's yes, like sir. common sense. How can you, how can people get elected? You know, I've, I've thought about this so much. How can pe- people get elected with a, a stance? You know, they say 50-50, Republican, Democrat. They're against uh, energy independence, Right. They're against the Bible, in my opinion. You know, they're frankly, they're against God. They they are. It's so off. Their policy is so off that I really believe the only way they do get elected is to cheat. But, you know, their policy is so far off, Bob, it just doesn't make sense. Well, that's so why they tried to pass that decision on the Senate. Right? That's why they tried to pass they, that federalization, uh, you know, voter to oh. takeover act, because they, they, they it makes it easier yeah. to cheat. And that's what they want to do. One more quick question on a race, because, you know, I, I, I know you've you know, you've said some nice things in the past about Governor Mike DeWine. Uh, I think here in Ohio, among conservatives, among in Trump country, we think Mike DeWine has governed more like Andrew Cuomo than Ron DeSantis. Uh, he is. Yeah. You know, and we've got it. We've got a guy like Jim Renacci who has been with you from the beginning. By the way, in fact, he brought me as a guest to your very first State of the Union address, which I was honored to be at. And he's running for governor. Do you plan to issue an endorsement there? And do you have anything you'd like to say about Jim Renacci? Yeah, well, well, I like Jim. I was disappointed that he didn't do better in his last race. To be honest with you, right? That means something. Uh, and I like him. Uh, I don't know if he's, is he officially running? Has he yes, officially sir. He, announced? He made the announcement about two, two and a half weeks ago. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'd certainly look at Jim, but I've, I've had a good relationship with the governor. You know, I was, I think, instrumental in getting him in. He was two days before the election. He was seven points down and we held a rally and he ended up winning by seven points. That was a race that was going to be a very hard race to win. That was Elizabeth Warren's protege, if you remember. That's right. And we ended up, uh, we had a great rally in your incredible state. And uh, we, uh, and Mike DeWine won. And uh, so I'm going to, I'll be looking at it uh, very short. A lot of people are not talking about that race. The race they're talking about is the Senate race. And the race they're talking about is Max Miller. And you have another uh, congressional race coming up very shortly. You know that, right? Yes, sir. Uh, you have but another I, race coming. But but if I may, there's another race that's even more important to the people who t- who I talk to every day on this radio program and that I hear from. And once I told Go them ahead. that uh, I was going to be able to talk to you today, they said you have to ask them. And so I have to ask you, sir. Millions of Americans want you back in 2024. Others want you to run the party from behind the scenes and have someone like a Ron DeSantis as the next GOP nominee. Nominee. Others say right. President Trump should run for Congress in Florida and become the speaker. 
I know a lot can happen. I know a lot can happen in the next three years. Yeah, right. Right. A lot can happen in the next three years, sir. But but right now, in June of 2021, where might you be leaning? Well, I'll tell you this. I think you're going to be very happy. Uh, I feel great. We have tremendous support in the polls. I've, I've never had support like I have now. I've never had support like I have now. And in the Republican Party, when you get a 95 and a 96 approval rating. You know, it's great stuff. And uh, I guess a poll came out that uh, they have me running against uh, our vice president, who's uh, going to the border finally after many, many months. <laughs> and they should have done that a long time ago. Should have been her first stop, not her last stop. And they have us way ahead. So I think you're going to be very, very happy. You know, for uh, purposes of campaign violations and everything, you're not allowed to say unless you're going to say. In other words, you have to say you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. And uh, it's uh, there's a big difference. So I will be announcing something. And uh, when I announce, you're going to be very happy. I really believe I'd that. I'd love but. to hear that. Mr. President, I know you're on borrowed time here, so I just want to ask one last question, if I may. Go ahead. When, when Facebook and Twitter banned you and they continued to censor other conservatives, I was livid, particularly when Apple and Google removed Parler from their app stores. Now, my first thought right. was... I don't want to own my iPhone anymore because of what Apple did. But the other option is is an Android phone, which is owned by by Google. They they have the market cornered. And I, I wonder yep. out loud on these airwaves, is there a billionaire somewhere who could start his own smartphone company and bankrupt Apple and Google? And the first name I thought of was, well, Donald J. Trump. Would you ever consider <laughs> such a venture and, 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 and create the Trump phone? You'll have 75 million people who voted for you will buy one on yeah. day one. I, I, I hate these liberal companies that have the market cornered on the smartphone no, uh, technology. And, and they have their market. phones made in China, by the way. Just right on. Would you ever about think about it, something like that? Because I know you're th- talking about creating an app and other things to, right. to get out I of the am. social media you know, uh, uh, vice that they have you in. But what about your own phone line? So one thing about social media, it's very interesting. I do now press releases, and the New York Times of all media outlets, which is shocking, frankly. They did a story two weeks ago that I'm getting the same. You know, when I put out like a hit on this horrible governor from Arizona or from Georgia or from whoever, or a hit on the people from Michigan that are running it so badly in the Senate that allow that to happen, you know, things to happen that shouldn't have happened. Uh, When I put out, I'm getting tremendous by putting out a statement. Now, with that being said, uh, over the next fairly short period of time, I'll be announcing something. And uh, stay tuned uh, during uh, the early part of July because somebody's got to do something with these uh, big tech companies. So watch, just watch what happens in the early part of July and I'd even speak to you. And we don't have to speak in front of the audience. You can tell this incredible audience that you have exactly what I said. But I think you're going to be very happy because somebody has to take these people on. They're out of control. You know, if you take a guy like Zuckerberg where he has these lockboxes all over the place, he spends four or $500 million on lockboxes, and they end up being largely, some of them, 96 97% for Biden, Okay. Biden doesn't get 97. When he came for a rally, he'd get 12 people and I'd get 45,000 people. And by the way, I hear the rally is going to be very, very big. And I hope you're going to be able oh, to be there be. in Lorraine. I will be yeah, there, sir. You can uh, count on it. Will you be there? You have to. I mean, you've been such a friend and I appreciate it so much with with your audience. It's just an incredible group of people. So I hope 
that I'll be able to see you at uh, the fairgrounds. You can count on it, sir. I I, I hear the crowd's going to be tremendous. I will be there early and in the Big Ten, and I I look forward to seeing you in person. uh, Okay, make sure you come over and say hello, okay? Hey, Bob, thank you very much, and uh, stay tuned. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Trump. Thanks, Bob. God bless you. President Donald J. Trump, our 45th president, joining us exclusively here on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, I will be there. It'll be the second time I get to see him speak in person. As I mentioned to the president, I uh, I was at the State of the Union address, his first State of the Union address. It was uh, a phenomenal experience, and I owe uh, uh, then-Congressman Jim Renacci a great debt for being his guest in that event. Um, all right, uh, we're going to take a time out now. Obviously, we came in a little bit early. We're going to catch up a little bit here. And then I am told we have a man uh, on the line that is instrumental in bringing President Trump here uh, on... All right, 10.57, a short one to wrap it up here. Obviously, no real time for phone calls, but um, I just want to say thank you again to President uh, Donald J. Trump for making the time to come on this program. He's going to be in town on Saturday uh, at the Lorain County Fairgrounds uh, in Wellington. Uh, The event, I believe he is scheduled to speak around 7, and uh, doors open at 2. Somebody asked me on my Facebook page after my interview with the president this morning, I've got my tickets, now what do I do, just stand in line? And the answer is, yeah, kind of. It really is just a first-come, first-in type of situation. So um, if you have your tickets, which are free, uh, you can show up uh, as early as 2 o'clock and get in. He'll be speaking at about 7, as I said, at the Lorain County Fairgrounds. If you have not yet gotten tickets and you want to take uh, your chances and roll the dice on getting up first uh, close enough to the door to, to get yourself in, And I have no idea, by the way, how it's going to be laid out. Just telling you what I have in front of me, which is at the fairgrounds, opens at 2, speech at 7, roughly. And you can do that at events.donaldjtrump.com. And look for the Lorain County uh, Fairgrounds Rally in Wellington, Ohio. I will be there. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to doing that. And... uh uh, like I said, you know that's a that's a that's a special moment when you have the former president of the pro of uh, the United States on your program, and to certainly have him in town. And I hope you're going to enjoy that as well as I am. And by the way, what do you make of the fact that he said you're going to be very very happy? He said, yeah, he's not ready to make an announcement yet, but you're going to be very very happy. He said when I asked him about whether he's going to run again in 2024. Uh, it sounds like he's not going to be making kings from behind the throne behind Ron DeSantis or somebody like that. It sounds like President Trump is ready and raring to go again. That's June of 2021. A lot can happen between now and then, but I thought that was a fascinating part. If you missed the interview, once again, you can get it now at whkradio.com or on my Facebook page. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.